Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Frisky Morris Sessions, the sometimes weekly multi-format podcast about all things punk in the Chicagoland area and beyond. And today's episode is an installment of First Rounds on Me. This is episode 14 featuring Josh of Moonrunners Music Festival. Uh, takes place here in Chicago, and the sixth annual one is happening this weekend, uh, May 4th and 5th. Uh, definitely check it out. Tickets and all that stuff will be in the description of this podcast. He's also the frontman mandolin player of a band here in Chicago called Last False Hope. Very awesome if you haven't checked them out. Uh, and something a little different we did since this is a festival geared episode, uh, something that we don't usually do with first rounds on me, but we threw it in anyways. You will be hearing five tracks. Uh, from featured artists from the festival so you can get a little taste of what's to come this weekend uh, track listings all that good stuff again in the description of this podcast uh, on this episode we chat about why Josh you know started booking shows down in the south suburbs he's originally from like the Oak Forest, Midlothian type area, uh, why he decided to start booking shows and how that love of booking shows and kind of being on the organizing side translated into this Moonrunners Music Festival. And it's really interesting that it's a good mix of you get kind of the folk punk, traditional punk, uh, roots, uh, all like rockabillies. There's so many different kind of genres represented in this, but they all kind of have a good aligning thread so he gives us tips about running festivals and organizing it and just booking shows in general on the band side on the organizer side a lot of cool information a lot of cool stories uh and it was awesome having lunch with them uh, we get about 10 minutes into the episode and then we break for lunch and come back so we'll probably throw in a track there uh to kind of uh, give you a little music while we're eating lunch and then we get back into it again. Uh, but again, links to the festival's social media pages, how to purchase tickets, and the track listings all can be found in the description of this podcast. Uh, coming up, we'll have our album review roundtable for releases in November and December. Frisky Moore sessions featuring Two Minute Minor, The Miserables, a lot more. Uh, we're still locking down some more out-of-towner episodes. Unfortunately, I was very ill uh, when Against the Grain came into town, so I had to cancel that, so there will be no Against the Grain episode, uh, but you should definitely check out their latest album that they put out. It is fun sick. Um, some shameless plugs before we get into the episode. Uh, just thanks to everyone who came out to the Blind Adam and the Federal League release show uh, last Saturday at Chop Shop. It was I'm really proud to call that self-titled LP of Frisky Morris and Friends Records release. Uh, they did an awesome job. It was a, a joy to work with them and to continue to work with them uh, putting out this album. And if you haven't already picked it up there's some amazing merch bundle options that are still available uh post pre-order uh so definitely check those out get your hands on some awesome swag uh and then while you're there on our frisky morrison friends Bandcamp page peruse our amazing comps the turbo vamps uh seven inch ep death by misadventure assassination squads ep busted uh some other releases that we've put out got a ton of awesome music there so definitely check it out uh, as a reminder, remember, you know, always follow us on social media. We're at Frisky Morris Friends on Facebook, 
at Frisky Morris on Twitter and at Frisky Morris Sessions on Instagram. Uh, a little a little bit of our name uh, in all the different forms. And yes, we should probably consolidate it, but that's for another day. And I don't think that day will ever come because I've put that in the intro a lot lately. Um, don't forget to like, share, comment, subscribe, spread the word about the podcast. We really can't do this show uh, without you. And whether you've been with us since episode one or 151, uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to listen to the podcast tell a friend about it, talk about it at a show, go to a show because you heard about a band on the podcast. Uh, we really hope you enjoy listening to it as much as Chris and I enjoy making it for you. Uh, but enough of that, let's get into the here and now. This is Frisky Morris Sessions with another installment of First Rounds on Me. This is episode 14 featuring Josh of Moonrunners Music Festival and Last False Hope. Enjoy.
just ask me to I love the shitty things we do together Live with me in this sin forever Hell and you I know you wanted to I say you take the shot See this chance Feel the fire And let me have this Dance with you
Frisky Morris Sessions with another installment of First Rounds on Me. I'm here with Josh from Moonrunner Music Festival that is happening uh, on May 4th and 5th at Reggie's, and this is the 6th annual one. We're in Oak Forest uh, at Blarney Stone Pub. Uh, so what is going on, man? Thanks so much for coming on. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. Um, just getting down to crunch time with the fest right now, trying to get all the last-minute details worked out. Yeah. Uh, it's been nine Reach months of work coming down to the last ten days pretty much. So <laughs> So we'll definitely talk about all the logistics and stuff yeah. in a little bit, but I wanna just get a sense of uh Damien Abraham from Fucked Up has a podcast called Turned Out a Punk where he talks to people about how they got into being in punk and being in bands and stuff. So just like a little snippet for people, like a little bit of your background, how you got into punk and like how you got to the point of like wanting to run your own music festival, essentially. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I started out, I didn't really get into punk until I was in high school, actually. Mm. Before that, it was country, like Waylon Jennings and all that fine stuff. Okay, yeah. So that's kind of where it began with the country when I was younger. My stepdad would play me these records. So I've been in love with real country, not that shit on 99.5. And that was, we just, I just had, uh, my record label was putting out a band called Blind Adam and the Federal League. Okay. And they're kind of like a country punk hybrid. Cool. And we talked about how weird, like old school country and punk has like very similar yeah. in terms of like song content and yeah. song formation like there's a lot of parallels so was that kind of like yeah was that like an easy progression yeah absolutely yeah Um, right when I got into high school I made a couple friends that were in bands so that's they were all in punk bands so I could go see them jam and stuff and I I got into it quite a bit one of the first bands was Operation Ivy obviously yeah (laughs) so that was uh, one of the first bands I got into and it just grew from there um, and it really came full force when I joined a band called Failed Resistance okay. when I was 21, and we were like straight up street punk, so getting into all that street punk music really changed who I was, really. Yeah. So, so how was the family support? Where they're like, we're, sh- we're showing you all this good, like wholesome country music, and now you're like off like in the street punk band. Yeah, was, they were down. Was there like support, like musically yeah. with it? Okay. Yeah, my, we used to jam my mom's basement even after I moved out. Oh no, so hey, nice. They were always down with it. Um, yeah, they always wanted me to get a real job. But sure. <laughs> yeah. The touring life was some of the best years of my life for sure. So. Yeah, definitely. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Great. So, 
And then now with kind of like the, being in Last False Hope and like other projects that you've kind of bounced around in, uh, have you always been like a South Suburban kid or have you kind of bounced around at all in terms of like where you're from? When I lived in, when I was in Failed Resistance, we had a punk house in the city. Okay. And then um, I moved all over the place between the ages of like 17 and 24. So I, I was all over the place. We were all the way out in Kangakee for a while. Uh, but mostly around Oak Forest, Midlothian, Tinley. Okay, yeah. Okina, I lived in for a little bit. And then um, I did a year and a half in the city at the failed house. Gotcha. So, so with that kind of like, was there like a big like kind of group in like the south suburbs? Or did you find yourself like you had to go to Chicago, like you had to go to Fireside um, to like find out what was going no, on? No, I actually it. ran a place in Harvey, which is kind of the ghetto. Yeah. Um, it's called Roops, and we had the casualties. The Unseen, Global Threat, um, Everybody the Forgotten, countless bands, Clip 45, um, and I took over this bar in the ghetto and made it a punk club. So, like, how, like, was there like enough people down there that like would come out? Oh, uh, it would like, sell out. Every show would sell out. It probably capacity was about 200. So every show was sold out. That is so. And like, would they play like Chicago proper? No. Like, and that back to back? No. Or like, their was, Chicago date was yeah. Harvey, Illinois. It's Harvey, Illinois. <laughs> yeah. So it was it was a pretty crazy time. So and you've always kind of been on the booking side of stuff. Yeah, since as well. I was fifteen. And like, how did? Because it's like, it, I feel it's always like one thing to be like, oh, I want to be in a band and like I want to do this stuff. But then when like the business side of it comes around, people are like. Oh no, no! I just, I just want to make the music. I don't want to like do any of that like promoting show yeah. stuff. Like it's not for everyone. Especially like I'm sure with like failed resistance, like booking the tours yep. and like all of that. Like how did that like even was an interest to you? Um, like going back to when I was younger in high school, there was just nowhere to play, like absolutely nowhere. So I would just start renting out, fucking. What are they called? Park districts and basketball places. Like American Legion. Yeah, American Legions and stuff. (laughs) So that's where it started just to get, you know, eight to ten bands from the area that don't have anywhere to play. And we would pack the place. So that started, I used to have a business called Fade Productions. Okay. So that was booking shows from like 15 to like 20 something. And then uh, once I started touring, yeah, I did all that, all the booking for the tours and everything. And then it kind of, I knew that I know the in and out so well. And it kind of just transformed into me booking this festival. Yeah. So I'm sure with like, you've seen the transformation from like, like pre like Facebook and everything mm-hmm. in terms of show promotion and the marketing and the logistical side of it to like now yeah. with all the technology. Do you think it helps or hurts? Oh, it's so much easier. Yeah. It's so much easier. I mean, we didn't, I have physical flyers for this fest and I probably went out and passed them out like twice. Yeah. So, but that's also because locally we don't draw too well for moon winners it's mainly out of town people okay so the internet is a blessing yeah for sure i mean i used to tour with MapQuest pages and shit and it was pretty pretty rough and you ever hear book your own fucking life yeah 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 that's what we used to book our whole tour oh no way yeah so just go there calling everybody on the list that is crazy (laughs) so it was oh thank thank you you. Nice. All right, we're going to pause and eat a little bit and come back.
All right, we're back. Lunch is over, um, and we were talking about kind of the idea of like finding that like place in Harvey and like booking that stuff, and kind of like the idea that if there wasn't anything there, so then you kind of took it upon yourself to like create something there, mm -hmm. like. That's pretty fucking daunting, and especially like, was it a group of you? Was it just you? Like, it was. Um, we had one guy that did death metal shows, and then me who did the punk shows. So it was uh, really all over the place. Some water, drink, honey. I'll take another water. Another water. Thank, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. So. We had, I mean, we had like Macabre up there, and we had death metal fests and stuff, so it was mainly me and one other guy doing the bookings. That's crazy. So, it, it was it was wild. Did you feel that touring helped you in, in kind of like being able to book better yeah. here? And yeah, you get to know the ins and outs of the business a lot more. Yeah. Uh, you get to learn how to advance better and this all the fine details for sure. So someone booking like a singular show here in like the Chicagoland area, what's like a definitely do do this, like definitely do not do this? Ah, oh, man. <laughs> I don't even know. It could be its own like, yeah. book. <laughs> it's, I mean, because there's so many different, if you're booking like national bands, I mean, you got to know how to do the paperwork and everything that comes with that. You got to negotiate and yeah. everything else. I mean, they're going to throw a number at you, though. It's just... Like, no. <laughs> then you gotta come at him too low, and then it's gotta meet somewhere in the middle. Yeah. So, it's it's a lot of math as well. Like, how so. did you find out about that, like, how to work with, like, the paperwork side of it, too? Because I feel like that's something that a lot of bands that maybe are, like, trying to set up the festivals or, like, shows around here are, like, local bands that have never had to do yeah. that paperwork themselves. So, like, sure. how do they kind of navigate that side of things? Uh, well, it started back at the Rubes days in Harvey is yeah. when I first started dealing with contracts. And you get your first one, and it's just like, oh, my God, I got to do all this. But yeah. when you see the writer, you don't, have to, you don't have to do all that. You can cross things out and stuff like that. That's just, like, that's what would be an ideal situation for the band. Sure, yeah. But if you can't afford all that stuff, I mean, they're not going to not play the show. What was, like, the most, like, weird rider item that you had to fulfill oh. that they were like, no, we can't budge on this. Like, this has to be there. <laughs> I've, I've gotten pretty easy since I deal with mainly punk bands. Yeah. But there was a metal show at Reggie's once where they needed, what was it, like, birds or something? I, I forget. <laughs> it wasn't my show. But I remember them saying that they needed, like, two birds in the green room or something like that. Like live birds? Live birds. <laughs> yeah. So, most of the time it's just alcohol and food. Yeah. So. I remember the when we were at Atlas Studios, they had a framed one of, like, the Flaming Lips rider. Okay. And it was just like, so, like, we want, like... Yeah. This many packs of seltzer, like yeah. approved flavors, are this, this, this. Like yeah. you will not accept this flavor. And it's like, really? Like I guess when you're big enough, yeah, you can you do that it. shit, and people will <laughs> people will get it for yeah. you. But man, so when did so moving kind of like into more like current stuff? When did those like little shows and like the Harvey days and all that stuff kind of turn into like, no, I want to do like a really big festival, not just these one-off shows? Um, I got this idea because there's a fest down in Tennessee called Muddy Roots Fest, okay. which kind of was the same type of music that I wanted to do. And I kind of got inspiration from that. And I was like, 
Chicago has nothing for these underground country bluegrass type of bands. I'm just like, I'm gonna bring them all to Chicago and just see how it goes. So I got my buddy Shooter Jennings to help me out with the first year and he headlines, which was huge. And this kind of went from there. The first year was a huge success and I just decided to keep it going year after year. So we've had some ups and downs over the years, but this year's definitely an up. Yeah, so with kind of like finding the bands and things like that, like now, like, I could, like, are you still touring as much as you were? Like, no, is, I don't tour like, anymore. How do you like re-find that network now that you're personally not on the road a lot, but you still need to have this like knowledge of what's going on yeah. to make sure that you're pulling in like the right talent? Yeah, um, I kind of just go for bands I like and just hope I can land them. Yeah. So, and other than the headliners. Pretty much all the support acts are my friends. Sure, yeah, yeah. So there's got to be good people and good musicians. And yeah. A lot of people have played two, three years at the fest before. Mm -hmm. So um, getting the undercard together is really easy. So it's basically just the headliners. I try to switch it up every year to yeah. try to make it different than every other festival and try to, you know, vary it up from year to year. Because for a while there, we had the same headliners as other festivals. Like last year, we had the legendary Sh Shack Shakers, who I was pretty big on. Okay. And we ended up doing like six other festivals, and it was like shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I take a look at the other fests and try to make mine unique. Yeah, because I mean, you have like folk punk type yep. bands, punk bands, like hardcore, roots, rock, yep. blues, like everything. Yeah, it's Has all there over been the place. like. I always feel like, especially, it's like so weird how stuff's cyclical. When like I first started playing shows, and it's maybe the same for you. It was like, oh, like our buddy does like hip hop, but like he's our buddy. Like we'll throw yeah. him on the show. Like we'll throw like our metal friends on the show. Yeah. And this, and it's almost like recreating that now after going through all the bullshit of like, oh no, this is like a metal show. Like this is a pop punk show. Yeah, like, this... there's no diverging no, because the people the that place. are booking are like worried that like oh well people are going to go for this one band because they like this type of music and then leave and it was like it was never like that it was never the case everyone no. stayed for everyone and it's like <laughs> yeah this is we got a pretty loyal um, fan base which is good and they're usually there at one o'clock on Friday and stay until three in the morning on Saturday yeah so <laughs> it's it's pretty good the group the main group of people I guess the original Moonrunners fans, they, they're hardcore. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So. And when did you, was it always two days? Like It was, was one day the first year, and then uh, we did a three-day for the fourth year, and everything else has been two days. Nice. Three days was a little much. Three days so. was too much, one day not one enough, day was like not enough. the yeah. happy medium. Three days, I mean, it still sold good, it's just... Um, the overhead, like I didn't want to charge more than 100 bucks a ticket. Yeah, so for sure. and getting six headliners because I like to have two headliners a day. Mm -hmm. So it, it just was a little too much. Yeah, for sure. Because so, there was no way to make money off it. Yeah. <laughs> so not that I care about making money. Right. Because that's like the other thing break too. Even. Yeah, it's like. I remember when I was like starting to like have bands as like a pseudo label and I was talking to one of my buddies that runs the label and he's like, if you're in it for the money, you're, you're doing this business. for the wrong yeah. reasons Absolutely. and you should rethink this. Yeah. Like, when, when is that divide that you're like, like the internal debate of like, I want 
to like provide this service to people and like promote things that I love and share that with others, but at the same time I don't want to get fucked over. <laughs> well, <laughs> and like like this is just like a money pit and like yeah, it's like where where is that like balance lie? Well, I got lucky with the club with Reggie's. The owner is unbelievable, and the third year and fourth year we were a little under and he ended up covering it because I got no money to cover my ass so um, he didn't want it cancelled so he put up the extra money and That's awesome. saved, saved us and he still wanted me to do it again so and this year it kind of really helps both of us with it being almost sold out yeah so saturday is officially sold out Saturday's friday sold out. there's a couple spots left yes very few like probably by the time this comes out either sold out or single digit weekend passes yes. left and from like bad years and good years like how good of a feeling is it like on the stress level going oh, into the, stress the weekend level is <laughs> like, unbelievable yeah. like this year it's just just not there which is crazy now I, I get to stress about the details not the money yeah exactly so <laughs> just making sure that i get to make sure the bands are happy without freaking out yeah so <laughs> it's it relieves a lot off my shoulders for yeah. sure yeah and when we were talking uh over lunch you were saying that like you like for all intents and purposes, like you do this on your own. Yes. Where I was talking about, like, oh, like doing it with like a collective or a group of like too many cooks in the kitchen kind of thing. And that idea of like it's all success. It's almost like doing an acoustic, like solo show. Yeah. Where it's like, it's all on you. You're the only one on stage. Like, it is all on you. Like, if it's awesome, you get all the pats on the back. If it sucks, you get all the, yeah. like, all the like shitty stuff. But like, how, like, confidence level and stuff like when you do have a bad year like what keeps you going to like do it again the next year um just the love for it yeah yes i love doing it i love doing all the details and love making bands happy mm -hmm. and love making the fans happy nice. so what would you say is like the one thing about booking like a multi-day fest that is like the one like major logistical thing that people don't realize is like the biggest thorn in your side. <laughs> ah, just uh, thus it's the parking situation. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. The parking situation. <laughs> uh, we got twenty plus vans a day. We got room for like seven behind Reggie's. Oh yeah, underneath the track. So, yeah, so that's a pain in the ass. But logistical side, um, really just. Sometimes you get bands that expect their own green room and all that stuff, and you just got to let them know in advance that it's a shared green room that will yeah. never change. Right. I'm not going to not let the opening bands use the green room because you want the green room to yourself. So yeah, it's kind of sometimes you got to bring a band down off their high horse a little bit. Yeah. So, but I've luckily so far I've not ran into any assholes. Yeah. So, and that's like with uh, your band Last False Hope you guys play it as well and this year is going to be the last show for yeah. last fall so how is it playing and booking or like do like the management side of the festival and being one of the bands is uh, it like is it easy because you're like oh well everything can kind of be on cruise control like once i'm on stage everything's already going There's yeah no fires to put out yeah but. i got i got uh, my buddy jody who helps me if i need him so I'll probably have him just making sure everything's going good on the other stage while I'm on stage. So yeah. and if anybody needs to see me, they just have to wait yeah. a little bit. 
so. Because that's the other thing too with like the multiple stages. Yeah. Where, so it's the music joint, the rock club, are you doing anything like in the record area or like uh, upstairs? We're doing a or? live radio show on Saturday. But okay. I'm, I kind of handed that off to someone else. Yeah. <laughs> so, because I won't even be able to be up there. Sure, yeah. So, we did have three stages the first year. We had a stage up in the record record club, but then people were playing at the same time, and I don't like that. Yeah. So, we try to keep one act on at a time. Yeah. So, yeah, it would just be the two stages. Nice. I feel like, too, something to bring up that's been... Like, it's weird that, like, this is the sixth year, and I feel like in the six years, Moonrunners, Moonrunner Festival has been a thing. Just festivals in general have exploded. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> with, it's a lot like, of competition. Like, Riot Fest, and, like, I go to Pooza Fest in Montreal all the time, and there's Fest down in Gainesville, and now, like, there's Ian's Party yeah. around, like, New Year's in Chicago, and there's a Ska Festival that used to always be a Double Door, and... Like, there's all these things going on. Is it, like, how is that with you where you're like, I was doing this years yeah. ago. What the fuck yeah. are you guys all doing? Like, well, eating eating up, like, the scheduling of, like, yeah, how you said with the bands and stuff. They're playing well, six, seven festivals. Yeah, <laughs> just in the Roots genre. I mean, it started out with Muddy Roots and me. And then it kind of died out now. But between, like, years two and five, there were, like, festivals every couple weeks. There's yeah. a... Westport Roots Festival is two weeks after my fest, so that's a... Uh, I don't like to call it competition because they're my friends, but, I mean, <laughs> obviously, people have to choose between one or the other. Uh-huh. So, but I, I think that our fest is different because it's indoors, and yeah. it, it got the best sounds and the best lights, and I just think the atmosphere is just cooler than most of the other events, and once people come once, they want to come again. Yeah. I feel like, so, too, like, there's a lot of festivals that are like, oh, we need to have like a bajillion things going on yeah like the one thing i didn't like about puza that i kind of like now because they've redone it is they were like a huge multi-venue fest okay where they have like seven or eight venues going on yeah shows and it's like you can't be everywhere at once and it's like it's like riot fest with the multiple stages but you're talking like stuff's like a 15 minute walk away from each other and having it all under one roof is like a really good benefit as well because you're like, oh, it's gonna take me like two seconds yeah, to go to, to the, other, to the show. other stage. There's like <laughs> five minute overlaps on the first day, yeah. so nobody will miss anybody. Saturday, mm-hmm. there's no overlaps just because it worked out that way because we had a couple cancellations, so I worked it out. Instead of trying to find a fill in, I just eased up the schedule a little bit so there's no overlaps at all. Sure. And yeah, it's literally you're walking next door. Yeah. So you walk through a hallway and you're at the other stage. Oh yeah. So and that was like, how did that relationship with Reggie start in the beginning? Like, um, had you booked shows there before? Yeah, like, I had known brought, them and I had brought the unseen in and the casualties. Um, I brought them there and I showed them. You know, I know how to pack a room. And I became friends with Robbie over the years, mm-hmm. who's the owner, and he's just a great guy, and he just trusted me with a like a pretty quality weekends because right when summer is about to break out I mean that place is packed every yeah every day <laughs> so he entrusted me in having a weekends and I just, just took it from there and just did my thing yeah that's fucking so. awesome so again Moonrunner uh, music festival the sixth annual one at Reggie's May 4th and 5th if you wanted to go to Saturday only, too bad, it's already sold out. 
Friday tickets are available as well as weekend tickets are still available. I like to end these with a little bit of a speed round, kind of just okay. like shooting the shit about random things that I found. Uh, first and foremost, we have to talk about Michael Jackson and okay. our deep connection with that. Um, so for those of you who don't know, uh, Turbo Vamps, when we started playing in the city a lot, there was a venue called Metal Shakers and Ronnie's was still a hole in the wall that yep. you were always afraid of Ronnie's <laughs> wife and things like that. And uh, Andrew, our guitarist, brought it up to me that you were the lead singer in a Michael Jackson cover band yep. that was Neverland, right? Yep, punk and rock Michael Jackson. Like, <laughs> how do you go, like, because I mean like Last False Hope is definitely like a very unique sound in the greater like Chicago punk scene and stuff like that. Like where did that idea come from? Like how did like how did you pull it off? Like why was that something that you were like, yes, this is something I actively want to do. I want to get a band <laughs> together for it and I want to like play a lot of shows. Like oh man. Uh, we were just figuring out. I mean all the people in Neverland are in Last False Hope. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we're friends. We've been in multiple bands together, and there was just a time when none of us were doing anything. And we just decided we all like Michael Jackson and always listened to him, and crazy idea came up. I don't know whose idea it was. It might have been mine. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm just like, let's do Michael Jackson punk rock metal style. And we just did it. Yeah. <laughs> so, and we got a little bit of a following, and people started to like yeah. us. But then we would play shows where people were expecting... A Michael Jackson cover band, and uh, that didn't go over too well. <laughs> so, oh my god! Well, we still got paid. Yeah. So, but yeah, but we did a quick 25, 30 minute set of as many songs as we could, all right. fast and a lot of screaming. So, yeah. The original uh, diehard Michael fans didn't really like it, but the <laughs> yeah. punk kids seemed to like it quite a yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, and then with Last Fall's Hope, just to kind of like plug that this is the last show and everything again. Like, I feel like if you don't know about Last Falls Hope by now, you are missing out, listener, and you should definitely check it out as soon as you're done listening to this episode. Um, but it's like a weird end of an era because anytime there's a band that's been together yeah. as long as you guys, like, is it like, so, like, I don't want to compare it to like you're like coming home from war or something and you're like, now what do I do? Like, like, you had this like, it's like you have the friends and the like you've done other things together and it's like a, really a family yeah absolutely. and then you're just like okay now now what yeah. is, is there kind of that like feeling looming on or there like, is, I know I'm you're like talking about like doing other projects and stuff like yeah that, I already got another project going but uh, last of all soap would be the best band I've ever been in for <laughs> sure I mean we're just so unique and just uh, just all over the place, and the musicians I put together are just phenomenal. Um, there'll be nothing like it ever again. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's it's a bummer. I'm really bummed out about doing our last show, but everything has to come to an end. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> so, if we could have toured more and had more of a fan base, we probably would have kept it going, but just kind of hit a wall once we were able once we weren't able to tour anymore and just playing Chicago and nowhere else you know where do you go from there right yeah so <laughs> it was time for time to hang it up hang it up yeah. yeah so definitely if you're able to go see them perform live is amazing definitely fucking check that out 
the speed round are just random interview questions that you answer truthfully. We're not looking for the coolest answer. Okay. We're looking for the real answer. I'm not um, cool, so. <laughs> the first question I always ask is, what was the first record, vinyl, tape, what, the first physical piece of music you bought with your own money? Elton John. Oh my god. Which album? Ah, it had to be one of his later ones, maybe the one. Oh wow, that's yeah. crazy. <laughs> Elton Elton has been a I've been a huge fan of him since my mom turned me on to him many years ago. Yeah. So I'm still I'm trying to get tickets to see his last show. So he's awesome. He's, that's one, of, wild. he's one of the best. <laughs> nice. Um favorite drink alcoholic non-alcoholic like is there a go-to like are you a big coffee person coffee. like water like are you a big like coffee kind of sewer no is it just like dunkin, dunkin donuts, donuts? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> dunkin donuts caramel extra cream extra sugar nice <laughs> and my faithful water i, I quit drinking it'd be 11 months on may 11th Congrats, so yeah thanks so i, I drink a lot of duels as well oh there you go yeah so, I actually prefer Bush non-alcoholic, but there's not many places that have it. Mm, yeah, uh, a good old Sharps. Good old Sharps. <laughs> yeah. Every venue has a different NA, so it's yeah. kind of cool tasting the different ones. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's like some of those German ones. Yeah. Like, I, if you told me this was non-alcoholic, I would have. No. Like, You're lying. Yeah. They yeah. taste like beer. Yeah. So <laughs> it holds me over. Hell yeah. Um, this is a funny one that I usually ask the bands, where if your band was ever to stop playing, where would you play your last show? <laughs> and ironically, we already know the answer to yes. that, so moving on. Um, speaking of Last False Hope, what is your favorite Last False Hope song to play live? Uh, man, I still love Two Dollar Pints. Hell yeah, nice. Um, <laughs> the rest of the band grew out of that song, but we'll be bringing it back for this show. Nice. <laughs> I just love it. I think the breakdown is this quality <laughs> hell yeah dude <laughs> um if you could nerd out about one thing other than music what would it be my kids nice yeah and um if you have a musical idol and this can go two ways it can go the band or musician that got you into being in a band like you saw them or heard them and you're like i need to do what they're doing i need to be in a band or if you have like a single musical idol that like you as a performer, you're like, I want to perform like this person. Axel. For both? Yeah. Hell yeah. Axel. Guns <laughs> N' like Roses a... got me into music. Like I was 10 when I got Use Your Illusions and maybe eight when I first discovered Appetite for Destruction and they've been my favorite band ever since and I think Axel is such an asshole and I think it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's the best frontman of all time. Nice. You may see when I put the mandolin down some of my moves. Yeah. Kind of Axel-esque. Very cool, yeah. <laughs> was there was there like the bedroom moments where you were like trying to like... Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, he's the man. Hell yeah. Um, I would say... I know this is kind of hard since you like booked the whole festival, but if you could say three, three to five bands that you're most excited to see at this year's Moonrunner Music Festival. Uh, Harley Poe, never seen them live, and they're phenomenal bands. Um, Amigo the Devil is an awesome, just him and his banjo. Um, it's gonna blow people away, I think. Um, definitely looking forward to Days and Days set because it's gonna be so packed in there and people are just gonna be going <laughs> yeah. nuts. Um, let's see, Darcy Carlson, she's from Seattle, she's flying up just to play the show. She's a straight up outlaw country, I guess. Very, uh, 
very good music. Hell yeah. And um, Once They Dead, one of my favorite local bands, plugging my you. girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> and they played All Hands on Deck last year. Yes. Um, and last question I always ask, and this can kind of come from like the musician side of you. Um, there was a music professor in Columbia that said music is an art form just like painting or photography or cinematography, where as the artist, when you create your art, there's is sometimes an idea or a message or a feeling that you want to communicate to your audience with your art. So as a musician in any of your projects or specifically with Last False Hope or maybe as an organizer of the festival, what's that feeling or emotion or message you want people walking away from? Um, just to be happy, I guess. <laughs> yeah. um, even though our music's really angry and loud and obnoxious, but just have a good time and you know, be yourself for a while. You got a whole weekend to not worry about work, not worry about anything else, and just have a good time and be nice to each other, and that's all I could expect from people. Hell yeah. Josh from Moonrunner Music Festival and Last Fall's Hope, thank you, thank you. Yeah, thank you thank so you, much man. for fitting the time in your yeah. schedule to meet with me. Thank you for the lunch. Of course, had a blast. Again, Moonrunner Music Festival, the sixth annual one is May 4th and 5th at Reggie's. Tickets are still on sale. There's a handful of weekend passes and Friday passes, but Saturday are sold out. You are uh, unfortunate, didn't, didn't catch that, but definitely check the Friday and weekend passes. We'll have links to the tickets, to the event page, to the website, to all that good stuff in the descriptions of this podcast. Maybe if you want, we can throw in two pints. At the end, pints. two dollar pints at yeah. the end of this, sure. as like a little teaser for some people. Sure. Um, but from all of us here at Frisky Morris and Friends, this has been first rounds on me featuring Josh from Moonrunner Music Festival at Blarney Stone Pub in Oak Forest. Have a good day, night, evening, wherever you're listening to this, and we are out. Bye. Right. See you later. Bye. -bye. Been looking for a job, but they're hard to find. I'm flat broke, but I don't mind. All I got is a lot of time to spend. Just cheap malt liquor does me all right. Down by the river, drinking tonight, and getting high with some rowdy friends. Down by the river, drinking malt liquor in the Watching fireflies flicker I'm flat broke but I feel alright Down by the river Drinking all liquor tonight Counting out quarters at the grocery store Cause a is all I can afford But Lord I love that old Colt 45 We can all get drunk if we all chip in Call some girls for a midnight swim And tomorrow night Do it again upright Down by the river Drinking all liquor In the moonlight Watching fireflies flicker I'm flat broke But I feel alright Down by the river Drinking all liquor tonight I don't know But I've been told Liquid gold, dip them in a river, 
Lord knows how much beer we've drank Sitting here on the riverbank And Lord, at least I'm rich in my mind Down by the river Drinking malt liquor In the moonlight Watching fireflies flicker I'm flat broke But I feel alright Down by the river Drinking malt liquor You, I was an addict right then Cause loving you, baby It's like loving heroin And life without you Is worse Withdraw them all and Your kisses filled with cocaine Your hooves like morphine You were the prettiest damn woman That I'd ever seen But now life without you Is the worst Withdraw them all
time I kissed you, I was an addict right then Cause loving you, baby, is like loving heroin